Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash savagepremium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Today's piece is kind of depressing. Calling it hopelessness pervades the land, the Trump indictment. And I'm going to ask you during the live chat to send me your comments, which I may or may not include during this, call it a broadcast, if you will. Good morning, members of the Savage Nation. Hopelessness pervades the land, the Trump indictment. I woke up and was obviously thinking about all of the balls that are in the air right now. Something doesn't add up to all of it. So let me begin with an, uh, an, old, an old saying. There's an old saying that says this, the fish only sees the bait, not the hook. We the people are the fish, and we've taken the bait and ingested the hook. So something's wrong with this whole picture. There's just a few things going on here. I can't follow it all. I'm only a guy alone in a, a universe of my own. I have a lot of experience analyzing political and scientific things, but still in all, it's one man and one man's opinion only. Something's wrong with this picture. On the day that Congress is about to announce they have proof positive that Biden was bribed by Ukraine while he was vice president, the Justice Department, in cahoots with the New York Times, proceeds with their indictment of Trump. So I ask myself, what can we the people do to survive another 18 months of this corrupt, vicious Biden gang, which operates more like a cartel in a third world country than a legitimate presidency with checks and balances. I mean, these are harsh words, I get it. I don't think any Democrat can be very happy with what's going on. I would say any fair Democrat, not the progressives, not the LGBTQ fanatics, no. Not the BLM gangsters, no. We're talking about people who vote Democrat because they want a kind of gentler nation and don't really know what the hell is going on. I don't think they could be too happy with uh, what this administration has done and is doing. And they're reading the story. They know about Burisma. We live in a country where you have to ask yourself, what can we the people do to survive another 18 months of this corrupt, vicious Biden gang, which operates more like a cartel in a third world country than a legitimate presidency with checks and balances? The DOJ labels parents terrorists for speaking out at school board meetings. That's on the Merrick Garland. The tech corporations under Mark Zuckerberg work with the DOJ to silence any of us who speak out a little too truthfully on social media. We have become like the Mexicans under the cartels, the Chinese under Mao Zedong, afraid to say a word, the Russians under Joseph Stalin, and now we, the Americans, under Joseph Biden, 
If you ask the average intelligent citizen about this indictment, most know about it, but will say to you, they don't really have much to say about it other than what they've read, because they're too busy making a living trying to survive Biden inflation. Ask intelligent people. So what's really going on here? I mean, I just got out of bed, really. I've been in bed since an hour thinking about this. I said to myself, what's the point of even doing this today? Why do it? Am I going to make any difference? No. No, I can't make a difference. There are far more powerful people with tremendous influence who can't do a damn thing anymore in this country. That's the absolute sad truth. You look around. There are people with enormous influence, enormous power who are powerless because we have basically Joseph Stalin-like running this country. The only thing missing are the slave labor camps. We have the secret police. We have seen what happened during the riots of that January 6th where people are rotting in prison in worse conditions than Pakistan and nobody knows about it because the vermin in the media won't report it. The government agents like Andy Cooper. So where do we go? The fish only sees the bait, not the hook. So we see the bait and we've been hooked. But something came out this morning that's very disturbing and I'm gonna read it to you. Trump admitted on tape he didn't declassify secret military docs he kept. This just came out moments ago in the New York Post. Now I understand Murdoch hates Trump and is in the Biden camp. I get all of that. <sighs> Former President Donald Trump was recorded in 2021, recorded in 2021, acknowledging that he had kept secret military documents from his time in office without first declassifying them. You understand that if this is true, and I believe it has to be true, listen, the recording of the 76-year-old's admission why do they put in the 76-year-olds? They ever mentioned Biden's age in the post? Or that Murdoch's like 150? The recording of the 76-year-old's admission has been obtained by federal prosecutors who secured an indictment of Trump on charges including willful retention of national defense information after retrieving thousands of documents from his Mar-a-Lago resort. It's his home, actually, not just a resort. So they're quoting him now. They can't quote him and it's false. And they keep repeating his age, by the way, which is interesting to me in the Murdoch New York Post. As president, I could have declassified, but now I can't. Trump 76 said about a classified Pentagon paper outlining a potential military strike on Iran. According to a transcript of the meeting reported by CNN. Now we know what CNN is, but it doesn't matter how corrupt they are. What matters is they're quoting now what Trump said on these tapes. Quote, secret, they're saying Trump said. This is secret information. Look, look at this. The 45th president also said, quote, this was done by the military and given to me. They're quoting Trump now. Special counsel Jack Smith indicted Trump on seven counts of investigation and Trump's mishandling the government government after leaving White in January 2021. Trump's attorney, Jim Trusty, by the name that is, Jim Trusty. <laughs> Any lawyer with the name Trusty, I wouldn't try. <laughs> Sorry. Trump's attorney, Jim Trusty, told CNN Thursday night that the ex-commander-in-chief had received a summons to appear in Miami Federal Court on Tuesday. Trusty added, 
Trustee added the summons included references to violation of the espionage. Trustee added that the summons included references to a violation of the Espionage Act by Trump and charges of obstruction of justice, obstruction of qualification of records, and potentially conspiracy. The lawyer went on to say, again, this is not biblically accurate because I'm not looking at a charging document, he noted. You wonder what site he's on. I would fire my attorney the next day if he gave that kind of information out and, and took that position. Trump then announced the news of an indictment Thursday on his Truth Social account. The corrupted by administration has informed my attorneys that I've been indicted seemingly over the boxes hoax, he said. Now, this is very odd. In this article, we read that Trump has maintained that he declassified all documents he took with him when he began his post-presidential life at Mar-a-Lago. But he reportedly said in the meeting on Iran that he was limited in sharing details about military plans. I don't understand this. I don't understand this story. During the meeting, the former president apparently discussed a four-page report from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of General Mark Milley, which contained plans for an Iran strike involving massive numbers of U.S. troops. That unto itself is very alarming. Prosecutors in Smith's office have reportedly questioned Milley as a witness for their investigation. A July 2021 article in the New Yorker quoted Milley as saying Trump wanted to move forward with the strike after the 2020 election, to which the general responded, if you do this, you're going to have an effing war. No kidding. Of course we're going to have a war. But Trump blamed Milley the same month for having authored, authored the military plan, according to the meeting transcript reported by CNN. Fish only sees the bait, not the hook. Well, we're all looking at the bait right now, and I don't know where the hook is here. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Now, let me go on. They're quoting Trump exactly on this recording, and I don't know how they got this. Quote now. Well, with Milley, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't that amaz amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him, he said. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Unbelievable. Quoting now Trump. All sorts of stuff, pages long. Look, wait a minute, let's see here. I just found it, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know, except it is like highly confidential, secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this Trump added. Who is he talking to? The meeting occurred at the former president's golf resort in Bedminster, New Jersey, where staff and communications aide Margot Martin were discussing an autobiography of former chief of staff Mark Meadows. Where'd this tape come from? Who released this tape? Who are these people? Something's wrong here. Something's wrong with this picture. I'm telling you, something's wrong with all of it. Who released this tape? So we go on in the article in Murdoch's Post. The FBI sees classified material from Trump's Palm Beach estate on August 8th after the National Archives and Records Administration repeatedly asked the former president to hand over the documents. Well, that's a separate story. Smith is also helming a separate investigation into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. We're going back to January 6th now. Then they add as a footnote in, in Murdoch's Post, 
President Biden is also facing a federal investigation, good luck, for his handling of other classified documents following his years as a U.S. Senator and Vice President during the Obama administration. That'll go very far. The FBI took several classified documents from the president's Delaware home, that was the Corvette, remember that? And a former Washington, D.C. office he had. Others were handed over voluntarily. Gee, that's a footnote to this story about how evil Trump is. The fish only sees the bait, not the hook. <laughs> All Murdoch, the pirate, starts out with two newspapers in Australia, now runs the, the world called News Corporation. Publishing companies, movie companies, TV networks, Fox News. And he knows which way the wind blows. And he knows he needs Biden, not Trump. So now you know why this story is written the way it's written. All the pirates. Pirates not of the Caribbean, the pirates of Australia. So what the hell do we the people make of all of this? What can we do? I'll go back to what I said. We become the Mexicans under the cartels, the Chinese under Mao Zedong, the Russians under Stalin, and now the Americans under Chairman, Chairman Biden. We are powerless. You realize we're powerless. You, know, you understand that we're powerless? I mean, I can give a YouTube talk still for how long, I don't know, till Zuckerberg bans this. Whoever owns YouTube, I think it's owned by him by Mr. Meta. I, I really don't know who owns what. Two people own everything, two or three. I can't do a live stream on Twitter owned by a great guy because they don't have live stream. You have to record it and put it up there, which we're going to do. We'll take this one and put it up there, but I can't do it there. So the reason I do it on YouTube is because I get comments. So like you're commenting. And what are you saying? We're not powerless. We're on the winning side because they are godless. You know, uh, a lot of people thought that as they went to the gallows. Google owns YouTube, an even better corporation under him. Oh, God. That one? Mr. China Fellow Traveler? Yeah. Well, I have nothing more to say. All I can do is say to you, we'll go back to the title of today's little broadcast. I've talked too much as it is. Hopelessness pervades the land, the Trump indictment. What else do you want me to say? Am I making a difference? What difference does this make? Why do I even do these anymore? Should I just retire? Should I give up? Should I walk away? Are you ready for me to disappear and walk off the stage? You'll never hear from me again. No more podcasts. No more YouTubes. You know, I'm at a certain age, and I've done an awful lot in my life in addition to my science collections, which are in seven museums around the world. I never talk about it for a number of reasons, because it's irrelevant in some ways. I've had, I've had several different careers, and I often wonder, what's the point of talking about these things at this point in my life? I'm like a great teacher, and you love it. And you feel like you're in a classroom with a great teacher and I could keep going just for that reason alone. But what if I just stopped talking and stopped writing and stopped performing? What would happen? What do you need me for? I'm not giving up. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't give up. There's other things I would probably do. I know you say like what? I mean, I don't want to go into like irrelevant statements. I mean, I could paint driftwood <laughs> and open a driftwood gallery.
<laughs> Don't think I haven't. I've been collecting driftwood on a beach here in Northern California in the fog. I see animals in the driftwood. I was going to paint driftwood. That's such an old man thing to do is paint driftwood, right? So I get to ask you, what effect do I have? There are people far more influential than I with far bigger audiences who have no, no effect whatsoever. Think about that. So what do we do this for? I'm a little off the screen here. It's a little too much. It should be more full. That's balanced better, right? So there's an intelligent person I speak with who's completely despairing, younger than me, and he thinks he has to leave the country because there's no hope here. I know people have left the country, by the way. I have a friend whose mother escaped Hitler, and uh, he has a map in his house of all the countries she ran to to escape Hitler and came here. He's a great guy. And because she had to flee Austria, he was able to get Austrian citizenship, even though he's an American born in America. And he's in, he's in Austria right now visiting. I said, what are you doing there? He said, I want to see what it's like to be an Austrian citizen because I may move here. People are leaving this country, smart ones are leaving. They fear Biden, they fear the gang running this country. Many people are, are, are leaving this country. Now, you know me and the way I work, I'm going to just now move to a different topic that's somewhat related, but I speak in ways that are different than the average broadcaster. So... I'm watching a show that i am become somewhat obsessed with, but I can't watch it anymore. It's kind of boring at this point, season two. It's called Queen of the South on Netflix. And it was done, I think, in 2015. And it's about how a small Mexican, a, a woman who works in a small money-changing company in Sinaloa becomes the head of the cartel. And it shows how, you know, she barely survives one dangerous event after another. But the point of my story right now is that it, it's about... The cartel in Mexico, run by a very silk-smooth guy who's the head of it, and he doesn't look particularly ominous, and he runs for the governorship of Sinaloa, and he wins. But if you listen to how it was written, the speeches he gives to the people of Mexico sound eerily like our politicians here, which is, I'm doing this for the people of Mexico, not for myself. Bell goes off. When I win, I will get rid of all of the drug dealers and cartels in Mexico. I am for the people. Starts to ring a bell in America. Oh, boy. So I say to myself, okay, the fish only sees the bait, not the hook. How different are we than Mexico, I ask myself. So then I say, maybe there's hope. Where's the hope? Tell me where the hope is. You're going to vote like a schmuck in 18 months and they're going to steal the election again? I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Google. I dared say it. They're going to steal the election again, Mr. Google? They're going to steal the election again, Mr. Google? You think they're going to steal the election again, Mr. Google? I'm supposed to have hope in politics. I'm supposed to have hope in politicians. The only thing that hasn't changed for me is my faith in God. Now, I'm not going to go into a God thing right now. I mean, it's unnecessary. Either you believe or you don't. It's your business, not mine. And I don't really want to proselytize. You know, why have I called the Bible the book the Rock of Ages? Because I didn't call it the Rock of Ages. They did. People before me called the Bible the Rock of Ages. So why do people hold on to the teachings of God? Why? Tell me what else there is to hold on to in this storm that we're in. 
where the sky is black and there's thunder and lightning in the air and we're at sea and we can't even see the stars. I just got chills up my spine. We're in the middle of a storm here in this country. It's the worst storm I've ever lived through. I mean, I lived through the riots of the Vietnam era. I've never seen anything like this level of corruption. I have never seen an administration as corrupt and as evil and as demonic as this Biden. And we the people are powerless, absolutely powerless. We have no power. And you know, we hear things like, in order for evil to prevail, good men will do nothing or do nothing. In order for evil to prevail, good men will do nothing. Well, well, we're good men and we can't do very much right now. And if you think Trump is gonna save you, you're a bigger fool than your wife thinks you are. Trump's not saving you. As far as I can tell, Trump's finished. I wish I could say otherwise. They, they are gonna destroy this man one way or the other. Don't think he's gonna run and suddenly be Jesus Christ and, or Moses parting the Red Sea, it's over. You put the pieces together. Did you notice that just the other day, Pence suddenly, who they were after just last week, comes out and says, Trump said to me just before January 6th, choose between me and the Constitution. And I chose the Constitution, said Mike Pence. Why suddenly was he rehabilitated by the Stalinist regime and allowed to run and say Trump chose, said choose me or the Constitution? You see all the pieces, the moving parts here? who's gonna save you. So you have to go back to the ancients. People have survived all sorts of horrors. This is, not a, this is not a horror on a magnitude 10. This is a horror, but not a horror on magnitude 10. A horror on magnitude 10 would be the Homodor starvation of the Ukrainian people by Stalin, where they took the shoes from the peasants and stole all their grain. They sent the Marxists from Moscow there would be the people like from Harvard into the farms to take the last bits of grain and stole their children's shoes. They took people like occasional cortex and sent them out to the villages in Stalinist Russia and stole their grain and stole the pillows from the farmers so they could starve to death in Ukraine. That's a horror. This is not a horror. Now, many things ran through my mind when this was going on both for and against Trump. I must tell you that right now, so accuse me if you will, I don't care. It doesn't really matter to me because the chances are very high that I may just go silent at some point in the next few months and I really won't be heard from again. Or God will take me. God could take you tomorrow. I mean, we all have you know, a beating heart, don't we? It could stop tomorrow. So don't think you're immortal. I don't think I'm immortal. I understand that. I understand mortality, you know. I've been hit by cars as a kid where I thought I died, and I think this is a dream sometimes. Do you ever one of those experiences? I was nine years old crossing the street in Jamaica, Queens, and a car hit me, and I bounced off the car and wound up on the sidewalk. Sometimes I imagine that I really died, and this is all a dream afterwards. I don't really believe that, but hey, how many worlds are there? How many different worlds are there? How many worlds intersecting with each other are there? This is what you like about me. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. There is no Moses. There's no Red Sea that's going to be parted. Jesus is not coming back in the form of Donald Trump. Trump is a man. 
and a politician at that. And this to me, and by the way, they're not through with them yet. The next blow is the Georgia thing. So what are we going to do, vote? You think they're going to let DeSantis win? Biden could run from a, a mental hospital and the Democrats would vote for him and elect him in a blanket in a chair with ice cream drooling on his penis. They wouldn't care. They'd elect him anyway. <laughs> we, we reached that point in America where an overtly senile, corrupt president can still run for office. So I have no faith in the elections at all. I don't think I'm going to sit here and tell you who to vote for right now. I mean, yeah, if DeSantis runs, I'll vote for him. I respect the guy. I know he's compromised like all politicians who get to a certain point. Everyone's compromised. If you think not, you know, I got another guest coming for you, Johnny. I don't know what else to say to you right now. I know Trump is a fighter, but you know, everyone, even the greatest fighters at a certain point, can't fight anymore. Did you hear what I just said? Stop holding out hope in the political system. It's so rotten. The political system in this country is so corrupt. It stinks like a fish that died many years ago. What the hell are you going to vote for? Are you joking? You know, every four years they let we the schmucks think that we have power and we vote. Then they steal a vote if we get it the way we want. I learned that in the fifth grade. I ran for the presidency of my fifth grade class and I won. I was a popular kid. And the teacher then got up in front of the class, I swear to God, and she said, Michael can't be the president. She ripped up the ballots and threw them away. She said, I want you to vote again and he's not running. <laughs> I mean, I learned all about the political system in the fifth grade. I was in a dental office yesterday, you know, getting a routine cleaning and the dentist is a very bright guy. And he said, never lose your sense of humor. I said, I don't think I have. It's the only thing that keeps me going. I said, when it gets really dark, I get funnier to myself. All I have left is my sense of humor about it all. So if you think I have faith in the political system, you're mistaken. Do you think it matters who wins the next election at this point when the new, the new world order has already taken over this country? The 5 million or 10 million or 20 million or 50 million illegal aliens that have come in in the last four administrations. I live in California. It's a one-party state. The Service Employees International Union runs the state. When I saw that, we have a one-party system, and a woman as corrupt as Nancy Pelosi could get away with what she did all those years, and nothing happened here. Are you telling me I have faith in a federal system? So I said to someone who wants to leave the country, I said, listen to me. Portugal once ruled the world. They were a world power. And then Portugal lost its power. I, I don't know when Portugal ceased being a world power. It was in the 1700s, the 1800s. I'm not that knowledgeable about the exact time Portugal ceased to be. But look what Portugal did while they had world, world power. They conquered land areas as large as Brazil. And Brazil, as you know, is a Portuguese-speaking nation. Why are they speaking Portuguese in South America? They're not in Portugal. Because the conquistadors came and killed everybody who stood up to them. Uh, hello? The conquistadors, what they did to the Indians, you should never know. So Portugal was conquered, conquered uh, Brazil and many other nations, African colonies. But there was, there's no Portugal anymore. It's a small country. But there's still a Portugal. But here's the interesting thing. So Portugal ceases to be a world power. The empire basically dissolves, but there's still a Portugal. And we all know about the 250-year cycle of empires and that we've run through our cycle. We've heard this for a long while now, that every nation has its limits. But the nation goes on. 
The difference is this nation isn't even going on as America. See, Portugal, although it ceased being a world power, retained its borders, its language Portuguese, and its culture, its Portuguese culture, which is still there. We've lost our borders, language, and culture. Obama literally took away our national identity. I thought he was the devil himself. Mike, what are you saying? Are we going to be speaking Chinese? Well, we may have to learn how to make dim sum. I don't know. Maybe we'll all have to take lessons in making dim sum for our new conquerors. I don't think we need to be conquered by the Chinese. We've been conquered already. We've been conquered so different, so many different ways. Does it really matter? So what do we have left? I'm telling you what we have left. And now I'm going to go thump a Bible. You wait and see what I'm going to do for you right now. Just a minute now. I'll close with this. If you see me limping, it's because I ripped my knee and I can't fix it, no matter what I do. I'm spraying it with magnesium oil. It's hurting me. I'm limping around with a knee brace. I hate it. I've been a very healthy guy. I climbed on a roof about seven weeks ago and I twisted my knee. Boy, you know, ligament tears are hard to fix. Not complaining. That's why I limp. That's all. So I get out the old Bible. As you can see, I've read it a few times. This Bible was my bedrock on radio. All the years I talked with you and I joked with you and I would quote from the Bible. This is the book. This is it. I told you all my papers as a writer, all my memorabilia, all my papers, all my um, whatever is all going to a major American research library, which will remain unnamed for now. It's unnecessary that you know it. Just know it's a major, and you say, oh, you're all liberals. No, they're not all liberals, and the libraries are not all liberals, and my collections are so important that they're in the same building with some of the most important writers in the world. I really don't care what the literary establishment thinks of me. All I know is that my writings, and a man who's written 28 books, and many books that are not published, manuscripts, are all going to be housed there for, well, for as long as libraries last, until the libraries are burned to the ground, just as the Alexandria Library was burned to the ground by the Muslims when they took over Egypt. We could see our libraries burned by occasional cortex and our armies of insane Soviets, if she should ever get power. So I have the Bible, and I would read it, read from it on the air. It's a real collector's item. I don't know that I'm going to give this to the library. I don't know who I'm going to give this to. I know I could auction it off for a million dollars. I don't need a million dollars. I don't want a million dollars. So I opened my Bible, the Book of Ages, the Rock of Ages. You know where, I, where I've not first heard that this is the Rock of Ages? I told this story before. I told you we're in a storm. The sky is dark. There's thunder and lightning. We're in, a, we're in a, an open balsa raft. There's no compass. There's no stars. There's thunder. There's lightning. And the raft is bucking. And we're holding on for dear life. What do we hold on to? Our faith in God. That's all we have left. And if we don't have a faith in God, we have nothing. We don't, I don't have drugs. I don't reach for drugs. So I drink a couple of glasses of wine at night. That's all. As a cardiologist I had at the time said to me, Michael, he said, wine is a great anesthetic. You can have two glasses a night. I rarely drink more than two glasses. In fact, never drink more than two glasses because I have an internal thing. If I go more than two glasses, I get a smashing headache. That's what I drink at night. I don't smoke dope. I don't use tranquilizers. I don't use antidepressants. That's all I do. I think, think, think. I dig, dig, dig for the truth. And you know, looking for the truth is unto itself a salvation. It doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter what these filthy scumbags and dirty suits do. 
It doesn't matter. All that matters is that I seek the truth. And if I keep seeking the truth, I feel free, as long as my mind still operates. So you open the book. I mean, I could open it anywhere. Isaiah, oh, was he good? He would have been, he would have been a good talk show host. He shall judge between the nations, and he shall decide for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares. And good luck. We've beaten our plowshares into swords, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Wouldn't that be nice? Neither shall they learn war anymore. Go tell that to the Islamists. The day we stop beating our plowshares into swords, we'll wind up on our knees praying to, to Allah or worse yet, making dim sum for our new masters. His idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship. <laughs> and the idols shall utterly pass away. Good luck. And men shall go into the caves of the rocks and into the holes of the earth from before the terror of the Lord and from the glory of his majesty. When he ariseth, to shake mightily the earth. Well, it's an earthquake's coming. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them, and the people shall oppress one another, every man his fellow, and every man his neighbor. The child shall behave insolently against the aged, and the base against the honorable, Oof. the base against the honorable. That would be the LGBTQ people against good, solid parents. That would be the scum on the school boards against the parents, the base against the honorable. For a man shall take hold of his brother, of the house of his father thou hast a mantle. Be thou our ruler, blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna read the Bible to you, a babe is their master. So where I heard First, or last that I heard it that stuck with me was many years ago, I went to a private wedding in a rabbi's chamber, and the girl was Catholic. The boy was Jewish, a friend of mine. He's long dead. The girl was the daughter of a very famous boxer, a world-famous championship middleweight champion. And I grew up in a home that my father loved boxing, and we would watch the boxing fights on Friday nights. So when I was in a room... How old I must have been, I don't even know. I can't remember, 20-something, young 20s, because I left home very young. And so my friend got married to this beautiful young girl, and her father was this champion boxer, so it was my friend, the girl, the rabbi, the girl, the rabbi, and, and the, the, the champion boxer in this chamber. That was the wedding. And so the rabbi takes out the Bible, and he says to the groom and the bride, please put your hand on the Bible. And the father, the champion boxer, is toughest man I was ever in a room with. I was intimidated to be in a room with him. You know, the energy of a real fighter is so strong that you can feel it. They don't have to threaten you, you could feel it. And he says something along the lines that, yes, Rabbi, the, the rock of ages. Let me put my hand on that too. And I learned from that moment that even the strongest man that I had ever met had to have faith to be the strongest winner on earth. I've rarely seen any champion in any sport who wasn't a believer in God, by the way. I used to watch the fights and I used to wonder. You'd see both men praying to the same God. 
crossing themselves in the ring and they get on their knee as they used to do. Both praying to the same God to knock the other guy's head off. I don't know how that worked, but they had this faith in the Shekinah, the power, the ultimate power. They had to pull the faith down. You ask any martial artist, you watch what they're doing. You watch a Tai Chi expert. What's he doing by standing by the sea and going like this? What's he doing? He's taking the energy of the ocean into him. If he learns how to marshal that, he can use that energy in his fight. Where do you think I got my energy from all these years? I actually don't know. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Yeah, I'm all over the map, that's right. Then go away, go to some logical person. See, people can't follow a lot what I do. Some people get disturbed by the fact that I move around. Hey, why aren't you talking about Trump? Why aren't you sticking to Trump? Because I'm not sticking about Trump because he's not God. He's just a man who's got, he's in real trouble now and he's never coming out of this, it's over. Remember what Schumer said when he won? You go after the intelligence agencies and they got six ways to Sunday to get at you. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. Ooh, what a smart boy chick you are, Charlie. You're the kind of scum in the Jewish people that I hated my whole life. You were the type to crucify Jesus, you bastard you. I told you about the Sanhedrin. Don't tell me I said all Jews crucified Jesus. I did a whole podcast on this. I have over 500 podcasts. And I said there was a thing called the Sanhedrin, the ruling rabbis in Jesus' time, 40 some odd rabbis. And the majority said crucify Jesus, but there was a minority of Jews who said, do not crucify the man, he is innocent. Schumer would have been the type that said, crucify him. He's the antithesis of goodness. He is the exemplar of evil. So if I'm all over the map, I'm not gonna apologize. It's called thinking out loud. If you can't handle it, go away. But I think I'm finished now. I've had enough. I started and I'll end with what I started with. If you just joined the Miss Russia beauty pageant winner mocked online over a flattering image, you hear? That's the New York Post on the Murdoch. I, I hit the wrong button, all of a sudden there's nudes now in the, in the newspaper. Murdoch, Murdoch knew how to run the Fox News empire. Put girls on with good legs and nice shoes and make people think they're listening to something. And when you're really looking at the legs, the legs shaking on the table. It's called softcore pornography, Fox News. I'm surprised Hannity hasn't come out in a dress yet in high heels to maintain his audience since he has no credibility. Hopelessness pervades the land. The Trump indictment. We become the Mexicans under the cartels. And there's still a Mexico and there's still a Mexican culture and a, a beautiful Mexican people and a Mexican cuisine. And they love their country and they love their language and they love their land. And they ignore the cartels and hope they can go on with their lives and be left alone and not killed. The Chinese on the Mao Zedong. Yes, 30 million were killed, but they're still China and Chinese. They survived Mao Zedong. The Russians under Stalin. Yes, millions were killed under that psychopath, but there was still a Russia. And now with the Americans under Chairman Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I have really nothing more to say that would be cogent or of worth your uh, attention. I thank you very much. I almost said for all these years, I almost feel like this is a goodbye. I, I don't think it is, but something in me is percolating up where I wanna just forget it all. 
not ready yet. I'm not quite ready. I could have done it. You know, the last year of my radio show, I, I have such a strong will to live. Now, I'm going to go into Maudlin now. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to go into it. I, I could have quit then. But I went on the air with a heart attack a few days later. I wouldn't give in to Cumulus Radio. They knew that I had a heart attack, and they tried to kill me. But I wouldn't let them kill me. I wouldn't let Cumulus and the, and the, and the scum that run Cumulus Media do it to me. I stayed another full year. I worked out of my contract, even though I'd had a heart attack, and almost died. I wouldn't quit. Now it's three years later. It's not that I want to quit. It's not, you understand that sometimes stepping down is not quitting. What, what do you want me to do this for anymore? Tell me why I should do this anymore. In fact, I'm going to do a whole thing live on this maybe tomorrow on why should I continue in, in uh, doing podcasts and media. Tell me why I should do it. Is there a value anymore to free thinkers? Most Americans can't even follow what I'm talking about. I have references to obscure things that people don't even understand what I'm referring to. I had a friend in the media who's, I, we're not friends anymore. We were great friends for years. And then he moved one way and he, I said, I don't even know where he went. But he used to listen to me. He loved my show and he said to me, Michael, he said, you're too smart for the room. I don't think I'm too smart for the room. I just think in different ways. And all my references are from another time. So if I make references to people, places, songs, music, films that don't exist, who's going to even follow me? If I listen to Charlie Parker, does anyone even know who Charlie Parker is? You know, the other night I was so, like, unhappy from the world. It was during the day, actually, in a late afternoon. I went into the, a dark bedroom, which I do on most afternoons. I shut all the lights. I've had migraines since I'm a child, which I cured through diet, and I also cured through dark rooms. I lay quietly in the dark room, but I needed to fill the silence, so I filled it with Charlie Parker on my little phone. I love I love the music thing where you have this Apple Music, great, greatest investment I ever made. And I, I listened to Charlie Parker and I listened to how jazz works, the great jazz of the 50s. And when you hear the contrapoints and you hear the two saxophones and you hear how the music goes like this, it plays in several dimensions at once. And then the thoughts that may be plaguing you no longer plague you because you, your logical faculties are no longer operational. That's what great jazz is. In fact, that's what great music should be, and it is on many other levels. But So that's what I did that afternoon. So, my friends, if you're a jazz musician, keep playing that horn. If you're a drummer, keep beating that drum. If you're a string person, keep plucking that string. If you're a singer, keep singing that song. Because that's all you can do in times like these. Forget politics. I declare politics are dead. Good night or good morning. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. 
How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.